It has happened, and we have a bracket. We have a field of 68. Welcome back into the nation's college basketball show and podcast. It's College Basketball Coast to Coast, a selection Sunday night edition of the program. I am the somewhat rested, not really, somewhat capable host of the program, TJ Reese, fresh off the airplane, being back from the Dallas-Fort Worth area where the UAB Blazers won the Conference USA Championship game on Saturday night over Louisiana Tech. That got them in the tournament. They now know they will play the Houston Cougars, a team that was winning the American Conference Tournament about 30 minutes away. That matchup is set. We have learned it all. We've learned that Gonzaga, Arizona, Baylor, and Kansas are the number one seeds. We have learned that some teams like Xavier and Dayton and a couple of others have had their bubble burst. Meanwhile, the likes of Indiana and Rutgers and Notre Dame and Wyoming are going crazy because they got in to this 2022 NCAA tournament. Again, however you found us, wherever you found us, social media link, et cetera. The podcast is found on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, wherever you get podcasts. We are also streaming as well on TuneIn. The TuneIn channel is College Basketball Coast to Coast, so this show streams top and bottom of the ever of, of the hour, every hour, and we will be with you all the way through the NCAA tournament and the crowning of a champion in the Final Four in New Orleans. Uh, so preview shows before tournament games coming later this week. After tournament games, we'll have recap shows, all of it on the TuneIn channel and in podcast form. If you're subscribing, you get it both ways if you're with us on College Basketball Coast to Coast. Litany of guests, and let's get right to them with some insight and some interest. Ari Russell, love Coach Ari. He's been around me from my days at Sirius XM Radio more years ago than he and I want to admit. More than 15 years ago, he's been putting up with me. Ari was inside of Madison Square Garden for the Villanova win over Creighton on Saturday night. Coach Ari, good to be with you. Quick thought from you uh, on Villanova's win last night, and Villanova now knows they're a two-seed at the bottom of the bracket with Arizona. How are you? Quick thoughts from you? Doing great. Um, I mean, that was an ugly game for most of it. Uh, just It was it, it very high-intensity defense. Uh, but I tell you what, Villanova, they, they just know how to win at the Garden. I mean, I, they just, it's like a home court for them. It was 90% partisan. Uh, for for Villanova, as expected, because you know, Creighton's a little bit of a schlep from uh, from right. where they are all the way to 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 uh, to Madison Square Garden. Villanova just quick ride. So um, you know they they look the part as they do in the Big East tournament. They they dominate that tournament. Um, honestly, though, I I I wasn't particularly too impressed with Villanova as I had been in years past with other Villanova teams. Um, this one really gritted this one out. Look, granted, the defense that Creighton played was phenomenal. They played phenomenal throughout the whole Big East tournament. Uh, but still, I just, there were certain things with this. It just didn't seem like Villanova really, and even in that UConn game um, in the semifinal, uh, they, they looked a little rough. So, um, but it was, you know, again, they, they dominate that tournament. They, they won what five of seven, I think it is. Um, and they're, they're going to as a two seed. They got re- nicely rewarded for, for having a great season. And uh, you know, the committee look, could look kindly to, to that big East title champion, uh, the, the tournament champion. 
Okay, and again for Villanova, they're in with Arizona at the bottom of the bracket. Also, Tennessee and Illinois and Houston are in the bracket with them. Just FYI. Thank you, Ari Russell. Speaking of brackets, this guy does a fantastic job with us all the time here on College Basketball Coast to Coast. He's been blogging the bracket for weeks. Mr. Bloggingthebracket.com is Chris Dobertine from the SB Nation family of websites. Good to be back with you. I, I know you have been ready. You've been on the launching pad ready to launch for about the last 15 minutes, and you're ready to go now the floor <laughs> is yours what are you are you perturbed in particular about something right now go ahead listening to the selection committee chair just now on cbs preaching about the value of conference tournaments and notre dame is one of the last four teams in despite being you know knocked out by virginia tech in the acc tournament quarterfinal you know not having a they finished second in the acc but this isn't the Champions League. You're not guaranteed anything in this era of unbalanced schedules. Their conference strength of schedule is not very good compared to, you know, some of the other the options that were kind of out there. And Texas A&M, who, you know, gets two quad one A top level wins over Auburn and Arkansas, you know, playing very well late, got their metrics in check with those victories and then loses to Tennessee today. And they're not even the first team out. They're the fourth team out. So I, I really just don't understand it, especially since the committee and so many other places had been so consistent in terms of, you know, how they treated teams with quality wins versus, you know, how they treated others where the metrics were a little bit better. All right, we got another guest coming in a second that wants to talk about Indiana. Wyoming and Indiana were named as the final two teams in. They're playing yep. each other in the first four. Chris, you agree with that? They both should have been in, or should one of them have been out, Chris Dobertine? Uh, I had both the men. I had Wyoming as one of the last four, and I actually had Indiana ahead of Michigan, who ended up with one of those last four buys instead of the Hoosiers you know, now having to play that extra game. So it surprises you that they're in the first four, that Indiana's in the first four and having, they, they were the, I believe uh, they were 67. And as we're looking at it and Wyoming was 68, those are the last two teams in, and they're now going to play each yeah. other uh, coming up in the first four. Speaking of that, Jason Powers of the Powers on Sports podcast is hanging with me. Uh, Jason is ba based in the Tampa Bay area. I want to talk to him about the SEC tournament in Tampa in a second. But he went to grad school where? Bloomington, Indiana for the Hoosiers. You're just fine with Indiana getting in, correct, Brother Powers? That's it. They earned, give them credit, they earned their way in. They won games in the tournament. They beat teams. They were down 17 to Michigan in the first round, came back to win. They turn around and win the next day to beat Illinois. Took the get, get beat on a miracle shot by Iowa yesterday in the semifinals. So Indiana deserved to be in, no doubt about it. What about the point that Chris made, though, that here's Texas A&M beating Florida, a bubble team, beating Auburn, who ends up getting a two seed in this NCAA tournament, beating Arkansas, who's one of the best teams in the, in the field as well, and yet it did not help their resume to even get up to first team out status, and yet Indiana got in by getting the two wins you're talking about, J uh, Jason. What do you say to that? Yeah. Yeah, the, the, the bad luck for AM was Richmond winning the 8-10 and Virginia Tech winning the ACC, which stole two, C, two bids from a team like Texas A&M. I'll circle back to Jason on the SEC tournament in a moment. It is fascinating. Virginia Tech won the Saturday night game as we come your way here on college basketball coast to coast. They won the Saturday night ACC title game with Duke, but they Chris Dobertine, they only got an 11 seed 
which again implies, as they were talking about on the selection show, had they not won that game, they weren't going to maybe even be in the first four. Chris, Virginia Tech, a thought on that? That that is correct. I only missed one team by more than a line this year, which is unusual for recent seasons, and that was it. Virginia Tech I had as a nine seed after winning last night. But And, yeah, if they were an 11 today, they were not going to get in. If they, if lost they had not won. Night. Right. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. All right. We rock along. Another voice I love to hear from. It is like Christmas and we've opened the presents to Sean Tate of Tate's Take the Podcast. I love Deshaun's insight. Uh, all right. Talk to me here. The bracket is out. Give me a quick thought here, Deshaun Tate. Anything you like, go. I like a lot uh, with these brackets. I mean, I, I saw some teams within them that I thought um, would definitely be some likely upsets. You are, everybody always instantly looks at those 5-12 matchups, and some people over-evaluate those, under-evaluate in some cases. I think this is a year that 12 seeds has a really good chance, a much better chance that people think, especially when you start considering Indiana's in that conversation, whoever thought that a blue blood type program or second tier, arguably first tier blue blood program would be a 12 seed. They can be really dangerous in those regards too. So a lot more mid-major teams that I think is better than a lot of people are giving credit for here. And especially in a year like this, where there's no sure bet or anything even remotely close to like, even last year, we had situations where it was like clearly the best two teams in the country were the two that played for the national championship in Gonzaga and Baylor, you know, Gonzaga is one of those teams that is a lot of people are kind of fed up with to an extent and putting them on their bracket and they just seem to disappoint every year. So It'll be interesting to see where we go from there because uh, there's a lot of different storylines going forward in the next few days. Deshaun loves to apologize for the Big Ten. He's a Michigan State guy. Big Ten got nine, nine in, Deshaun. Are you surprised that it's nine with Rutgers and Indiana and Michigan all getting in? Not really. Um, I think more so the fact that even though there's no dominant team within the Big Ten, all of them between, you know, Wisconsin, I mean, they're beating up on each other. Again, not great teams, but above average, above mediocre, really good teams, maybe not necessarily great. I just hope that they have a better performance. I'm sure they do too than they had last year where you had about just as many of those teams in, but I think only one being the Michigan Wolverines maybe got to the second weekend of the tournament. Again, the voice of Deshaun Tate, follow him at Tate's Take Hoops. It's Tate's Take the Podcast. I love his uh, insight and analysis on everything college basketball. It's where basketball lives. Love his insight. We're rocking along the selection Sunday night show. The bracket is out again. Fascinating as these teams will whittle down to uh, a sweet 16 after the opening weekend this weekend, and then eventually a final four in new Orleans. Again, Arizona, Gonzaga, Baylor, and Kansas are the top seeds in this tournament. The two seeds ended up being Duke and Auburn along with Villanova and Kentucky. And in the case of Duke, Auburn and Kentucky, they did not win their conference tournament. Tennessee, for example, wins the SEC tournament and only gets the three seed. Two of the teams that uh, did not even make it to the championship game, Kentucky and Auburn got two seeds. So a little devaluing there as well of the uh, of the conference tournament from that standpoint. Matt Zemek is also with us. I love his insight. Matt is with the USC Trojan Wire website. Uh, Matt's a longtime college basketball voice and writer. He's going to bring a little West Coast perspective in here. Did I see uh, three packed uh, 12 teams, but I also saw three West Coast conference teams in this tournament, Matt Zemek, and four from the Mountain West. Hello, some parody out in West Coast basketball, not just the Pac-12. How you feeling, Matt Zemek? What are your thoughts? 
Well, so San Francisco gets its first NCAA bid since 1998. So, you know, that that's a pretty significant milestone for the Dons and for the West Coast Conference to get somebody into the field other than uh, Gonzaga and St. Mary's. So that's pretty important. And then, of course, Wyoming as the very last team in the field being on the 12 line and in a first four game. My, Wyoming really was the, that last team in. So definitely a credit to what the Mountain West has achieved this year. And, uh, well, we, we shouldn't really talk about the Pac-12 because it was a really down year for the Pac-12. But on a broader level, the West showed that it is a lot more than just the Pac-12 and that the West Coast Conference is more than just the Zags and St. Mary's and the Mountain West is more than just San Diego State. There was a lot of depth and a lot of balance in Western college basketball this year. Love Matt's insight, and this is going to segue right into Ari Russell because Matt's uh, covering the USC Trojans, and Coach Ari, they're playing your Miami Hurricanes in a mm -hmm. Midwest game, a 7-10 game. Ari, your reaction, you're an alum, you're a Miami alum, your reaction to that matchup real quick? It's pretty favorable for Miami, to be honest with you, for a couple of reasons. Um, you know, I mean, look, Mobley is going to be probably the best player on the court, um, you know, but, but, but again, the, the guard play is just uh, Miami is scores a lot uh, and USC can give up a lot of points. That's advantage Miami. Miami also forces a lot of turnovers. They put a lot of pressure, their guards put a lot of pressure on the backboard. And if we saw that USC game in the tournament, they, one of those games, I think they had 28 turnovers. They're going to get, they're going to lose if they, if they, if they give up over 15 turnovers, I think, or even up to, to 20 turnovers to Miami, they're not going to win that game. So uh, again, but Miami's going to have to figure out a way to stop Mobley. Um, they've done well, even though they're rather undersized. They play mostly four guards and Ward Burning in the center. He's like 6'10". They really don't have that much depth up front with Walker coming off the bench. Um, you know, but they've done a good job against teams with much bigger teams. They, they really spread the floor. Uh, and Wardenberg is as physical as you can get. I mean, he's kind of like a Swiss Army knife at center. So, um, And he stretches it out. So I like the matchup a lot as a Miami guy. Right, that's the voice of Ari Russell again. All my guys hanging out here: Jason Powers, Powers on Sports Podcast, Chris Dobertine, bloggingthebracket.com, Deshaun Tate of Tate's Take the Podcast, Matt Zimick, USC Trojan Wire, USA Today website covering USC, covering West Coast uh, basketball. Uh, but he covers everything. But in particular, we love him for the West Coast slat. No West Coast bias here on college basketball coast to coast. We love that. Uh, for sure, guys. By the way, for the audience, we remind you, now that the brackets are out, we've got a sponsor on College Basketball Coast to Coast for all of these eight sites for all of the games. Use our sponsor, Ticket Smarter, and the Ticket Smarter app and TicketSmarter.com, including our promo code COAST22. Great selection of tickets. Tens of thousands of events everywhere on Ticket Smarter, but in particular for the NCAA tournament all the way through the Final Four, use Ticket Smarter. 100% guarantee on your purchase and you get a $10 off uh, coupon every time you use our code COAST22 for this show. COAST22 gets you 10 bucks off every time you use it through the Ticket Smarter app or TicketSmarter.com. Again, think smarter, ticket smarter. Our COAST22 promo code gets you 10 bucks off. Go get those tickets, and they're going to be hard to come by with everybody back in full force uh, for all of these games coming up all over uh, the first and second round this weekend in the Sweet 16 Elite Eight round and then the Final Four in New Orleans. Um, all right, I'm coming back to Jason Powers about the SEC tournament. Again, Tennessee won the tournament Sunday over Texas A&M, who had made the run again by beating Auburn, by beating 
uh, Arkansas to get into the championship game. Jason, just give me a thought being in Tampa Bay. Kentucky didn't even make the championship game. Tennessee knocked them off. Tennessee wins its first SEC tournament since uh, Jimmy Carter was the president in the late 70s. Hello. Uh, Jason, a quick thought real quick on the SEC. All right, SEC, I want to give, give a thumbs down to the SEC conference. An unnamed media member was not able to get a media credential for that weekend. Very disappointing for people that want to cover the SEC conference from the Tampa Bay area. So thumbs down to SEC media over an unnamed <laughs> rejection. So I'll stay there. Two, coaches. Tom Crean fired. Will Wade fired. Quanzo Martin fired. Mike White going to Georgia from Florida. So that's wow. the theme of the weekend. Major coaching changes in the SEC on the court. Tennessee's a veteran team. If they get good guard play, look out. They've got they've got enough bigs. They they've shown they can they can beat the they beat Kentucky twice. They've beaten Auburn. I like Kentucky too. The, the I like Kentucky this year because they've got some age, some veterans, the older players. So I think Kentucky's going to regroup. Calipari's a very good one game tournament coach typically. So I do like Kentucky coming out, and I think Arkansas is going to be a threat as well in the tournament to look to win a couple games for sure. All right, we will see uh, what Kentucky looks like. Fascinating second-round matchup where Murray State, Chris or Matt, somebody, Murray State's won like 20, 28, 39, 73 games in a row. How many has Murray State won in a row? Either one of you got that. It's like 20 or 21 in a row, I think. And Murray yeah. State to play San Francisco in their Let's opening go. game. The yeah. winner to likely get Kentucky as the two seed. Murray State, Kentucky might be very juicy for a second-round game. Coming up, yep. I'm just putting that. Well, especially out. since Murray State has never played Kentucky. How about that? Uh, and and that's not a coincidence. Again, I love these things about the the selection committee doesn't look at these things. And then suddenly right. we have Gonzaga uh, playing uh, a second round game against former assistant Leon Rice and Boise State if they win. And by the way, Duke and Michigan State, Deshaun Tate, are right together. And we have a Duke-Michigan State Final Four in 2015. We have a Duke uh, loss to somebody Spartans in the Elite Eight in 2019. They just coincidentally are together for a second round, probably Sunday late afternoon matchup, right, leading into 60 minutes, right? That's just a coincidence that those things uh, happen. Auburn, All right, so Auburn we, we, Jacksonville State as well, two hours apart in the state of Alabama. Auburn, Jacksonville State are matched up in the first round. Yeah, good point on that. And by the way, again, I worked that UAB Saturday night conference USA win over Louisiana Tech. Uh, Jason also did some undergrad uh, studies at, at UAB. UAB Houston in that first round game. UAB has got veteran players, veteran guards, some size. That yeah. may be a fun matchup, guys. Matt Zimmick, do you have a thought on, on an upset or two? And maybe is it UAB in that one or is it another – is it maybe South Dakota State with Providence? Everybody's pointing to that contrast in style. South, South Dakota State goes up and down, scores a bunch. Providence wants to grind you out, doesn't score a lot. Matt Zimmick, any thoughts real quick? Yeah, South Dakota State over Providence is going to be the, the, up, the big upset pick that everyone gravitates to. And it's not that Providence is overrated. Providence isn't. When you win the Big East uh, regular season championship, you've certainly achieved something. But – you know, we see this in the tournament every year, a, a team that's seated eight or nine notches higher, but it doesn't have overwhelming talent because it got the high seed by winning a lot of close games, by making free throws, by doing the little things uh, that matter to win by small margins. But then you get into the NCAA tournament against a double digit seed that can play 
you know, that, that, that really is the recipe for a big seed upset. So that's a natural place to look to. Chris Dobbertine, bloggingthebracket.com. I want a thought from you on Loyola of Chicago. We've talked about them the last couple of weeks on this podcast. Did it surprise you they got as high as a 10 seed for their opening matchup with Ohio State? Did that surprise you, Chris, in the bracketing procedures? No, I absolutely, I had them as a 10 seed in my final projection. I was surprised to see Ohio State as a 7. I figured that they had slipped down to an 8-9 game. I think that sets up really well for the Ramblers. I think they should be able to take them out. And again, Villanova looms in the second round more than likely after their matchup with Delaware. Deshaun Tate, I want to bring you back, Tate's take. You have the floor. Do you like an upset? Is there a matchup you like that stood out to you off the sheet? I know this is a first blush look at it for all of us right off the, 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 the selection show on CBS. Deshaun, you have the floor. An upset or a first-round matchup you like real quick? Listen, I think uh, we talked already about the 5-12 matchups. I think there's a few of them. You obviously got one of them in the UConn uh, versus New Mexico State. Not a lot of people know about New Mexico State. This isn't their first time in NCAA history or one of those teams that haven't been there for the first time since 98. They're going to be very tough. How about even in the, you know, Ver Vermont, the Catamounts have been really good. Nobody ever talks about them. Of course, just talking about a couple mid-major teams. I know Arkansas really gets after it, but Arkansas kind of still trying to find some identity sometimes, not really doing as well at the beginning of the season. Of course, coming along uh, very strong uh, late down the stretch. I mean, even in some instances where you have some second-round matchups, I always felt and thought for the 8-9 seed that could potentially give someone who's very vulnerable like an Arizona a second round, you know, the, you know, their hearts are beating fast and really going to be scary. I think Seton Hall is that team. I, I think that they're a team like when you start looking at some of the success that comes along with March Madness, I guess, consider this a free space on the bingo card, if you will. Some of the things that you have to consider for a successful bracket, you start looking at coaches, you start looking at, you know, depth. They play a lot of guys coming off the bench and guys play major minutes for them. Also, some of the upperclassmen, the guard play, all of these things make a difference. I think Arizona is not. They're going to be the team that's not going to, you know, kind of catch me up uh, in, in winning the conference and winning the conference tournament. I've seen that last year with Illinois, and I think that they're going to slip up against a team like Seton Hall. Do you have a team that's at least a double-digit seed that you like as a first-blush upset? And if so, is there one, Deshaun, that stands out real quick? Double-digit uh, double seed, I think that Wyoming is definitely dangerous. I think that Colgate has the potential. That's more than likely what's going to be uh, what's what's going to be on my bracket. If I had to pick one, I've been feeling confident about Wyoming the entire time, hoping that they would obviously get in if, in the event that they didn't win a uh, conference tournament. Of course, they got a big battle with Indiana up first, but nonetheless, in the event that they can pull one past Indiana, who's been kind of inconsistent with the exception of the conference tournament, I think that they can make some noise and get past them. Hey, Chris Dobertine, I always love to be fair about the selection committee. Again, Tom Burnett is the chairman. He's the spokesperson. He's speaking out tonight, the commissioner of the Southland Conference, about their procedure. And, and look, we get this, guys. Ari, Jason, Matt, Deshaun, and Chris. It's a subjective process. It's a vote. They, they bicker back and forth. They agree some. They end up voting. And it's not always unanimous, necessarily, uh, on what their discussions and opinions are. Uh, Chris, let's be at least fair. Did they get something right? Did they get a couple of somethings right? Maybe not much. Do you look over this bracket and say they got this right? And if so, what is it? I think in a lot of cases, even though we have some complaints about some of the you know higher seedings, you know having Duke over Tennessee, for example, um, I think they did a lot right in terms of seeding this year. I mean, it was 
this was like the best year that I've ever had in terms of trying to project their seating. Um, Cause I think they did a, they did a fairly good job sticking with what they said they were doing, you know, in that sneak preview show back in February. I think to me, that is the really a big thing. And they actually took it a little bit further than I expected. You know, Deshaun brought up New Mexico state and no team in the country had to go through two 2021 NCAA tournament reps to win their conference this year because the way the WAC realigned, you know, New Mexico State had to beat last year's champ Grand Canyon in the semifinal, and they beat last year's Southland champion Abilene Christian, who won a game in the tournament to make to make it. So, yeah, I think that uh, on the seeding front, you know, there are some things that I can quibble about, but I think that they really did a fairly good job this year on that. And one thing that I want to share in this, too, is they've always valued wins. Matt Zimmick, let me bring you in real quick here just for a sec, that they say win games, win important games. So, in other words, Rutgers had some losses. Chris, we were talking about this. Yep. Had some losses in the quad three or maybe even one in the quad four. But Rutgers yep. had like six or seven important wins. Mm-hmm. They value wins as much as they do did you lose a couple of bad games and if you have enough of them you're going to get in indiana got in with the two important wins adding to the two or three others they had this weekend so uh, again i I think holding to the winning part matt a quick follow-up on that in our remaining moment or two uh you know in terms of the committee the, the thing i come back to every year is how absolutely lazy the committee is in bracketing <laughs> You know, seeding and selection are obviously important in a tournament, but you also have to bracket the tournament. Gonzaga already played Texas Tech and Duke, and yet those are the top three seeds in the West region. Tennessee and Arizona, top three seeds in the same region. They already played each other. So many rematches of regular season games are potential Elite Eight matchups. That is lazy bracketing. You, know, you have the, the, the whole point of the NCAA tournament is that you're putting teams together that haven't played before. You know, the NCAA tournament rests on mystery. That The mystery is part of the charm. This is like having the Dodgers and the Giants in the first round <laughs> of the Major League Baseball playoffs. You, you shouldn't be able, sure. you shouldn't have to bracket rematches in the Elite Eight. You can get around that. You just switch teams on a seed line. And, and so that just makes me really, really angry. The committee just does not lift a finger every year, does not lift a finger to bracket the tournament smartly. That just kind of goes back to Matt's point. I think last year we saw something similar of that, where we saw Gonzaga, who played some teams in the regular season, beat all of them on last year. I think they were in the same as maybe Kansas. I think, uh, I forget who else was in there. There was quite a few different teams that was in there as well. So it kind of goes back to the same thing. they had Iowa in their draw, too, who they had already beaten, mm-hmm. and somebody else. Yes, That is correct. So I think I've seen about three or four of those teams just wanted to make that point. Uh, okay, guys, final thoughts uh, here on this in our remaining couple of moments on college basketball coast-to-coast from each one of you. Uh, give me a national champion and give me a team that you think is going out quickly, like in the first or second round, maybe a highly seeded team. I'm going to go to each one of you. Ari, quickly, a national champion and somebody that's overrated that's going out quickly. Yeah, I, I think I'm going with uh, probably Gonzaga. I think this is their year. Um, looked a tough conference and, uh, you know, tough out of conference schedule. And, uh, you know, they it, it's kind of their due at this point uh, that this might be the year that they finally cut the nets down. 
Um, as far as teams that I think are going to get eliminated, uh, I think Auburn's going to bow out early, but I'm also doing that because I think that Miami <laughs> is going to beat them because they have better guard play. Gotcha. And then Miami will be out of the Sweet 16 as normal. Jason Powers, quickly give me a national champion and an upset. We got about a minute and a half, guys. I'm gonna give you a I'm gonna give you a sleeper. Purdue to the final four, a national champion. I'm gonna say I like Arizona as a sleeper with first year coach Tommy Lloyd. Chris Dobertine, a national champion pick just for the heck of it, and maybe an upset, an overrated team. I'm gonna say Arizona as well. I've been very impressed with the way they've been playing lately. A team that I think is gonna go out early is gonna be Illinois. Uh, I think that, that draw is terrible for them. And they have been inconsistent. Matt Zimmick quickly, a national champion and an upset-minded team. Uh, I like uh, Kentucky. Uh, I think Kentucky being put in Baylor's region All right. uh, works out really well for them, and I think that they can physically pound Gonzaga and string bean uh, Chet Holmgren in, in a possible uh, national semifinal. Uh, an early exit. Uh, you know, I'm going to go with Providence. I mean, Providence is the number four seat, wow. so I think that qualifies. Could be and out. Deshaun Tate, same thing. Her. Thank you, Matt. Deshaun Tate, same thing. Give me a national champion and a quick exit for somebody up high, quickly. Yeah, I'm a little disappointed that Jason and Chris didn't invite me over for some beverages because I think Arizona is going to be the first number one seat <laughs> to go down, and I think that is going to happen in the first weekend. As far as the national champions, they'll probably be mad that I didn't invite them over for beverages because it's going to be hard to talk me off the ledge that Coach K isn't going to be sent out without cutting down the nets. I'm interested to find out who's going to be the one, if you feel that confident, to uh, talk me off of that ledge and say we're going to stand in the way and keep him from winning his sixth title. I ultimately think that it is Gonzaga at the end of this thing. I think Auburn will lose early and may lose right away to Jacksonville State. Uh, I think there could be some, some serious upsets at the beginning of this tournament. There's no doubt uh, about that. Guys, great stuff here tonight. Memphis Tigers. The Memphis, Memphis Tigers back for the first time since 2014. They could be facing Gonzaga after the 8-9 yes. game. We will see. So Memphis back in the tournament. Da, 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 da. Go Tigers go and Penny Hardaway. Uh, listen, we've come to the end on the Selection Sunday show, guys. Great job, Ari Russell. Find him at Ari Russell. Great insight on the Big East Tournament and elsewhere. JPO Sports is where you find Jason Powers and the Powers on Sports podcast. Chris Dobertine, fantastic job blogging the bracket. Find him at Chris Dobertine on Twitter, D-O-B-B-E-R-T-E-A-N. Matt Zimmick, the USC Trojans Wire website, at Matt Zimmick as well, Z-E-M-E-K. Deshaun Tate, Tate's Take Hoops. It is a selection Sunday night. It's going to be crazy for the field of 68. And guys, I have put the world champion Tampa Bay Buccaneer hat on because Tom Brady has upstaged the NCAA tournament and announced on social media he's coming back to play for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. No. It's a great <laughs> yeah. Sunday yes. night if yes. you're a Buccaneer fan because oh my God. announced it officially. He's back. And the NCAA oh tournament is back. And I just thought I'd share that with you as we close the show. Thank, Again, thanks for find the podcast. Find us streaming on TuneIn. It is college <laughs> basketball coast to coast. Much more coming in March. Stay with us. Thank you for being here on the Selection Sunday Night Show.